pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This program is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. If you like what you hear and want to support our work, please make a donation at fundraiser.resonance.fm. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to One Life Left, Britain's finest video game radio show, coming to you live from Resonance 104.4 FM. My name is Steve Curran. And I'm Anne Scantlebury. And we are the whole of One Life Left today. What's happened to Simon? Uh, he's swanned off again. He has. Where did he swan off to? Uh, oh, he's been in Barcelona for Primavera Sound. He's been in Spain, hasn't he? Yeah. Oh, he's been having a good time there. Um, where have you been? I've been uh, in Scotland, so I took a week off, coincided with the bank holiday, which meant I didn't have to take any leave, um, went to Isla, which is an island just off of the west coast of Scotland. You were drinking whiskey, weren't you? And I was drinking Let's cut whiskey. cut to the chase. You were drinking whiskey. Yeah. I, can you do that? I can't drink whiskey. Do you know, I can't drink a lot of it. And the whiskey there is very peaty. That's like their selling point. It's very peaty. It's not, it's can, not for me. Okay. Can you tell the difference between whiskeys, though? Can you? I can tell the ones I don't like. Okay, you were pretending to be able to tell the difference, for sure, but can you actually tell the difference? Uh, no. Because I can't tell any difference. I mean, you, actually, by, by making that statement, you can, tell the different, you can tell the ones you don't like. Yeah. For me, that's all of them, yeah. and they all taste the same. Like petrol. Like, you know, in the same way as wine all tastes the same <laughs> to me. You know, I, I, you know I have a, I'm a super taster. It's all too... That's that's the problem. I know, in a way, you know, me not being able to tell the difference between whiskey or wine makes it sound like I, you know, I have very stupid taste buds, but actually it turns out, I know, surprise me too, it turns out the reverse is true and that actually all of these things are so strong for my very delicate and refined, delicate. genetically superior taste buds that actually I just can't, I can't deal with it. Whereas you guys yeah. you guys with your with dumb our blah, rugged, blah 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 rugged tongues yeah you're like oh, I can't taste anything most of the time but this makes me feel something and you can taste yeah, the difference you can um, taste it well, it sounds like you you know you are slightly more sophisticated than your peers who are like yes there are very subtle differences in whiskies for me it's all just noise Anyway, you had a good time. I had a great time. That I had a great is... time. I saw some cows on a beach. I, I went saw... for a run on the first day that we were there. And I haven't been running for quite a while. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to Scotland and have a run. Mm-hmm. And I turned the corner and there were some Highland cows just on a beach. Those are those brilliant. big old ones with hairs, yeah, aren't they? Really long, sandy coloured hair and the big horns. Mmm. Mmm. It was great. That wasn't my mooing noise. <laughs> it was just, actually, it's quite a good one, isn't yeah. it? Mm. Yes. Good. Uh, well, I've had a... Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> I've, had a, I've had a fine week as well. I've been working, not been swanning off like you and Simon. And obviously, uh, London had an incident on Saturday. Uh, and that was very, very close to mm. resonance. We broadcast from Borough High Street. 
uh, and it's been a very, very weird and pretty awful time in London over the last 48 hours. So we're going to try and keep the mood a little bit upbeat uh, on One Life Left today. We'll have a slightly different show. We've not got any guests for no, a start. don't need them. But what we're going to do is we're going to talk about our favourite nice games mm-hmm. because we wanted a nice show today. I think everyone deserves um, some nice times. So that's what we're going to help with. That's all we can do. That's all we can do. All, the best we can do is talk about nice things. So that's what we're going to hopefully do today. Have you got some nice news for us? I've got some news. <laughs> Which is, you know... It's better than no news. 50% is a passing grade. Hey, no news is good news and this is certainly going to be nice. On Monday the 5th of June, I'm Anne Scansbury and this is the news. Square Enix is looking to sell off the rights to Hitman along with developer IO Interactive in order to keep the game going. Square president Yosuko Matsuda told investors, because the firm is engaged in the development of Hitman and other renowned titles, we are negotiating with prospective external investors capable of ensuring that these titles carry on. In the meantime, IO has laid off some of its staff and announced Hitman's new June content, which includes two escalation contracts and the 25th elusive target, which IO has said is the penultimate one. That must be tough for them to keep a sort of upbeat atmosphere around the game while everything is still unknown. It's good a square to do this, isn't it? Yes. One assumes, uh, and I am not a lawyer, but one assumes that they could have uh, retained control of uh, any IP developed while that studio was part of their company. Uh, But clearly IO become a much more saleable uh, company. a much more sustainable company if they get to keep that uh, that IP, right? Yeah, and if they can, can... So they've put so much work into the development already. They've got the continuing um, stuff that's coming out for Hitman at the minute um, that they've worked on and that Square has already paid for. Mm. So if they can bundle all of that up and say, like, look, here you go, have it all, take that away, then, uh, yeah, presumably they can sell it more quickly uh, and keep the game going do io interactive have any other ip simon <laughs> and simon would say uh, simon would say yeah, th- Anne, and then you would go actually uh, and then we'd hear the sound of typing tippity tap tippity tap tippity tap tippity tap tippity tap have they worked on any other games i don't know i think they i think i'm gonna say that games developed there we go games developed here we go hitman hitman Freedom Fighters. Freedom Fighters. Kane and Lynch. Kane and Lynch. That was a that was a big deal when it came Mini out. Mini Ninjas. Kane and Lynch always struck me as a very Mariokable uh, title. What rhymes with Lynch? I mean, loads of things. Cinch, pinch, hinch, finch. Not classic type. <laughs> Some titles, yeah, though, are they? Yeah, true. I've got 99 Lynches. No. <laughs> I'm not on the right page. <laughs> All right, it's okay. Let's go again, let's go again. Valve has announced the cost of getting a game up on Steam Direct, and it's surprisingly low. Steam Direct is due to replace Steam Greenlight with games going directly onto the store. It was initially said that it cost between $205,000 to submit a game, but it's only going to be $100. Valve explained that it's had loads of conversations to get to this number and is aware that the low entry point could be abused, but that it didn't want to create barriers for new or small developers. Mmm, I think this is super interesting. Now, first, let me get something out of the way. I... I'm annoyed they're dropping green light because of Marioki, because it's a very yeah. Mariokiable term. Light and, rhymes with loads of things. Well, also, Lord just released that song called Green Light. And oh. I was like, writes itself. Doesn't even write itself. Already written. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Okay, so that's gone. $100. What do you think about this, Anne? I think it's... Uh, mm, I think it's good. I'm going to go with good. So what um, Valve have said is that they aren't looking to curate their store. They just are looking for people to get their games up there and then they are intending to use algorithms um, and have as many eyes uh, in as many places as possible to help those algorithms to get the games that people would like in front of them. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's it's good, isn't it, to get your game up on Steam? Then, you know, you've got uh, 
I think they said there were about 16 million people signed up to Steam right. now. Yeah. That's loads of people to be in front of. Brilliant. It is, but unfortunately, that's not how it works, right? Each of those people only has, you know, one set of eyes, if they're lucky. And so mm. they can only look at a number of games per, you know, per, per page refresh. And so given the number of games that are being released, not everyone is going to be happy. And that is Valve's current problem. Um, what they're trying to do, the purpose of this is to stop Steam being abused. And by abuse, they mean uh, people just releasing lots and lots of nonsense on there. Mm. Uh, clones and cheaply produced games that generally brings the quality down and drowns out the releases that people have spent time on. But is $100 going to be enough to keep those people out? That's I, the question. I, I would say it will keep some of them out what it'll keep the people it'll keep out are probably hobbyist students um you know and some of those you don't want to keep out because mm. some of them are working on beautiful brilliant games i've seen an awful lot of bad tempered stuff on facebook about this generally from middle middling developers mm -hmm. uh, sorry that's a bad term what i mean is mid-sized developers uh, studios of between 5 and 20 people mm -hmm. because those are the people who are really really hurting on Steam at the moment those are the games that are really really hurting big big publishers can buy their way to success every time Ubisoft or you know well any of those uh, studios put out a game they can guarantee they will make enough noise and they'll pay for enough marketing and they'll get enough time on the Steam store page to be a success or at least to give their game a chance to breathe the tiny one person studios they don't really generally fancy their chances of success anyway um and they'll be able to pay this hundred dollars and they'll get on there and most of them will fail but they won't have committed well, ideally they won't have committed uh, as much of their life to this to you know jeopardize their jobs the studios that are really really suffering are the ones who are companies going concerns and they would like the audience that sorry the um the number of people putting out games to be much more limited than it is right now mm. certainly in the tone of the things that i've been seeing on facebook there's been a sort of indignance at smaller studios, you know, they, they're saying their games shouldn't belong on Steam. Why do they have to be on Steam? They should be released on Itch because they're not, you know, they. I don't know, there's kind of snobby tone to it, which I really, really don't like. I don't think it is Valve's job to uh, keep anyone off the store, really. And what they're trying to do is trying to do a service by doing that and trying to make it a little bit, you know, cut out a little bit of the of the of the um, of the noise. What I did see was people saying, oh, yeah, you know, uh, if you made it $2,000 or something, that should, still should be recouped because this money is recoupable. If yeah. you sell enough, you'll get, you'll get it's it back. It's after $1,000. Yeah, it's after... 1000 Right. So there was people were saying, oh, you know, 2000 that's only 300 or 500 or whatever it is, copies of the game. That is a hell of a lot of copies for a lot of people. I've seen Steam sales figures and 500 is a success mm -hmm. for a lot of games. Um so yeah, I, personally, I think $100 is too low to do the job that Valve hope it will. Um, but I think much higher and you start to cut out people whose games really genuinely do deserve to be on the only platform that a lot of PC games players use. Do you think this opens up, um, you know, the opportunity for someone who wants to do a curated store? Well, Valve have curation already. You know, uh, we had a letter, I think we'll talk presumably we'll have that in letter section which was about us doing a curated mm -hmm. list on on steam already uh, the big youtubers are the ones who influence buying decisions uh or at least get a chance to put their favored games in front of people i think what some people want is valve to take a more aggressive uh attitude to curation like apple do so in apple's case they handpick a number of games every week which end up on the front page and therefore your gate to entry becomes knowing the right people at apple and the same is you know apparently true for for you know other storeholders as well steam theoretically don't do that P 
people who know people who have relationships already who again operate in that i think five to twenty people space where they can go to conferences they can meet uh the people who make these decisions they would love that to be the case they would love their people to be someone who goes to GDC from Valve who they can go and meet and say, listen, we're putting out this game. Can you guarantee us some store space? Can you curate this? Can you put us in this list, that list? Um, But that's not how it works at the moment. I think that's why they're getting a little bit anxious. Do you think this is more democratic? Um, (laughs) I'm not sure what the political term for paying your way to success is. Democracy, Steve. Uh, Democracy. It's time to say goodbye to your old and possibly slightly dusty friend, the PlayStation 3. Sony has now manufactured the last of the console. It first launched in Japan and North America in November 2006 and in Europe in March 2007, which makes its production run more than 10 years. It's good, but it doesn't beat the PlayStation 2's 13-year stretch. 80 million PS3s have been sold since launch. So long, dear friend. PS3, you around. I've forgotten what the PS3 looked like. Can you describe it to me? Yeah, it's like... Okay, I've closed my eyes. Okay. So, so you can't gesture because that won't work on radio. So it's a black box. Okay, well, they all are, like, aren't they? But it's got a slightly curved top to it that was... That was um, Isn't matte. that a PS4? No, because the PS4 stands upright and this one was s- sitting down. Oh, I down. do know what it's yeah. like. Oh, PS3 was the one with the Spider-Man font. Was it? Yeah, it had PlayStation 3 in, in the Spider-Man font. Really? Oh, what? I'm worried now, but I think so. Hmm. <laughs> Let's say it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, cool. Well, I had really, really good, despite my sort of memory loss, I had really, really good times with the PlayStation 3. I think it's my peak PlayStation yeah. console. It's when I committed to it wholeheartedly. And that was where all of my gaming was done. But now I've slightly moved away from consoles, back on PC. Uh, PS4 has suffered for that for me. I haven't even logged into playstation plus all of those games i guess i'm going to get rebuild for it soon should probably check out yeah and of course playstation 3 had um had pixel junk eden which i've gone on enough about on uh, one life left before did you have a ps3 yeah yeah it was my fave it was your fave yeah it was the one um with my ex-partner i used Ah, to live in an xbox and playstation household who took possession of the ps3 (laughs) it was me was it (laughs) yeah okay so something good came out of that after all exactly what was your favorite ps3 game um well i was just well one of them is one i want to talk about a bit later Uh, okay but i was just thinking about a memory that i had of um i was supposed to go and see take that when they reunited with robbie williams on tour but i got really really ill um, and I couldn't go, so I spent a week on the sofa, and I was very sad. Um, but to make myself feel slightly better, I uh, put a Sing Star Take That on the PS3. I sang through the entire ah, list, very okay. croakily, very poorly. <laughs> um, but yeah, helped me feel a bit better. So that was like a, a nice memory of the uh, PS3. Yes, PS3 was still Sing Star era, wasn't it? So, so yeah, that sort of dates it a bit because that's been gone for a while now. Yeah. I wonder whether they're going to come back with that. I could revitalise it. Is there a a VR singing game? I mean, is that a good idea? Yeah, because then you can imagine that you're at Wembley. Well, you can still imagine. But you can see that you're at Wembley. (laughs) Also true. Uh, Yeah, maybe we should pitch that to them. Yeah. PSVR sing stuff. They probably haven't thought of it. No, I doubt it. It's not not one of their... It's copyright. Belongs to One Life Left. It looks like Shenmue 3 might miss its December 2017 release date. In an email to its Kickstarter backers, developer WiseNet explained that they'll be missing E3 and other game shows to focus on development. The game raised over $5.5 million and broke Kickstarter's funding record back in 2015. The Kickstarter page says, A rigorous budget and schedule has been worked out with our production team and we believe our target of a 2017 holiday season is within reach. That said, our goal is to make the best game possible and once that fans want so please understand the schedule may change as the project evolves slipping definitely slipping does holiday to right if you say holiday 2017 does that include no 2018 has to be be 2017 begins in is it like the tax year i'm wondering who knows when that (laughs) who knows we should probably our accountant thankfully Um, so December but if you say holiday 2017 if they got out by February 2018 which they won't uh, they could probably say yeah sorry that's what we meant by holiday 2017 do you understand yeah yeah it's Kickstarter innit everything slips my game slipped on Kickstarter 
Do you think people out? should just put a bit of a later date? Well, you can't because that's how development works. Like you, you put a later, you build, you know, thirty percent contingency in there, mm. and then it ends up you need fifty. You immediately eat into that contingency because you, especially with Kickstarter, when you've committed to stretch goals, which presumably mm. they have, you go, oh, okay, well, we'll use a bit of that for that, and then a bit of that for that, and then you suddenly you're over budget, and it's just how it happens. It's it's inevitable. Um, how's the game looking? Did you did you go to the Kickstarter page? No, you didn't. Okay, could have uh, done. There's a lot of a lot of joy and misery to be had in looking at Kickstarter pages after you've done a Kickstarter. Yeah, because you can't help feel enormous amounts of empathy for the dev, and also enormous amounts of joy that you are not in that situation. Yeah. I always swore that I would never do a game Kickstarter. I ended up doing it for, you know, circumstances. And it was a, it was a non-stressful process, and I'm glad I, I, I did go through it. Uh, but even so, being beholden to, to a group of people who have expectations based on essentially fiction that they've created in their heads based on your, you know, your high-concept pitch is a dangerous situation to be in. It's a dangerous situation for me in, a, you know, in a, what amounted to a £20,000 Kickstarter uh, how much was theirs? Five and a half million? Yeah, over. Over uh, five and a half. That would be dollars, so four million quid or whatever it is. Goodness me, the amount of pressure they must be under, especially with something as loved as Shenmue. Um, there's one thing that I realised when I was writing this story, and presumably I wrote about it when it was, um, the Kickstarter was happening. I don't know how to pronounce the developer's name. What What is the developer's... Well, this is going to be difficult. Right, so it's... I said... Wise net, but it's Y S net is a separate word. So I know the net bit. I've got that. So it could be Eastnet. 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 You've just come back from. Oh no, Simon's in Spain. You've, yeah. How would they say it in? Eastnet, or is that French? I don't no, know. How would they say it where you were though? Oh, oh no, no. Why not? Because my Scottish accent, I've found out Can over we the go? week. Can no, we no, it's fine. It's fine. You're amongst friends. Eastnet. That was good. It's terrible. That was good. I'm so sorry. And finally, some excellent news. PlayStation will sponsor this year's London Pride. The company announced the news with the hashtag for all the players. PlayStation's UK social media manager explained on Twitter, Pride 2017 is the best place to show PlayStation's inclusivity. And it's not some kind of corporate step. For all the players is a project for of the UK team and PSEU's LGBT group. So it means a lot to us. London Pride celebrates the LGBT community and will start on the 24th of June and culminate in a parade on the 8th of July. Fantastic work, Sony. I've got an investigation that we can do live. Okay. Because I, uh, you'll need your phone. Oh, phone. Yeah. Okay. Just try asking Siri mm. when Pride is. Oh, okay, hang on. Because, because, are you ready to do that now? Yeah, yeah. I'm okay, go, hang on. go, go. How are you? <clears throat> Siri, when is Pride? San Francisco Pride will take place from Saturday the 24th of June to Sunday the 25th of June 2017. The parade will begin on Sunday at 11am. Good work, Siri, because Alexa, I asked her the other day, Mm. she denied all knowledge. (gasps) She was like, I'm sorry, I don't understand the question. Mm. Not tried Google Home yet, but if any of you have got one, Google Home... Um, maybe uh, maybe you could ask we could complete our study of these things so uh, Pride are we going to have a one life left float right well so this is the awkward thing I've um, I, I managed to schedule my wedding party for Pride Day <laughs> I specifically tried to avoid it but they moved the date because you know apparently <laughs> the, uh, I'm the centrifuge of love that is interesting yeah so you're going to wear a rainbow dress I hope so yeah and if it isn't when we start, then it should be by the end. <laughs> All right, thanks, Anne. One life left. Video game news with Anne Scantleberry.
One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. You're listening to some chiptune music, which is kind of a bit of what we do. We don't actually make the music. We rely on talented individuals we found on the internet to do that for us. Uh, this is Monadad Congo. Uh, you'll find out chipmusic.org, which is where we get loads of our chip music from. We've got loads of chip music today to fill up the time because we're a bit worried. We're doing quite well for time, actually. Without, without Simon. 25 past it turns out turns out we can go on yeah. for ages about stuff um, it's always a pleasure to do One Life Left though isn't it <laughs> I thought nice. you were going to say it's always a pleasure to do One Life Left without Simon I mean it is too but it's always a pleasure to do it with him you can it, take him or leave him it really, really. is <laughs> that's not true we miss you no, Simon we miss you. miss you but we'll all be back next week nope oh you're away yeah oh so this is quite interesting isn't, isn't it? it quite a good test yeah. maybe I should be away the week after yeah we should reunite for a Interesting. 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 All right. So um, we said that we would, uh, we were talking about what we should do today because it's been a bit of a, a strange week, a bit of a strange few days in London. Um, and we wanted to do something upbeat. I think we wanted to talk about nice games. Yeah. Which is nice is kind of like a, uh, often a, a sort of put down words. Sometimes you use That's a pejorative. Nice. Oh, yeah. He's kind of bit too nice isn't he nice it's like not very extreme but i think there's you're doing a lot... something weird with your eyes when you say nice like that you go right. yeah. yeah sort of narrow you know, nice. nice but i think there's a lot to be said for nice times you know yeah what does nice imply it implies happiness yeah gentle happiness yeah contentment you know just having a relaxed ambient pleasant experience and games often sit in a pool a hundred percent the other direction um you know they're they're fast they're aggressive they're violent they're surprising they're exciting you know mm. none of which you would say are nice but there are nice games there are yeah. nice games and that's what we wanted to talk about today uh i've picked five i've got a list here which you can't see yeah i've picked, picked i've written down six but i don't think i'm not going to include one of them because so it doesn't makes, really that makes, five. that makes five. I've got a maths degree. Yeah, good. I'm so, glad one of us does. Six minus one. And there's another one. Don't know. Let's see when we get through the list. Okay, so are these in any order? No, they're in the order that they came out of just my brain a, in. Just a nice order. Just a nice. Relax. Relax. Countdowns are not nice. No. Countdowns are aggressive. Mm. Mm. And which is why we're not using countdown music and not just because I forgot to put it on the CD. <laughs> uh, all right, shall I start? Yes, in... No particular, no particular order. order. <laughs> Although okay. it's, this is going to sound like it's in alphabetical, uh, but I'm starting with Abzu. Abzu? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Uh, the very pleasant game where you are uh, underwater and you're exploring and there are fish around and you get to learn about them and you swim around. There's a little bit of stress and tension sometimes, but that's fine. It goes away eventually. You can meditate. Uh, yeah. And it's beautiful. Very, very peaceful, very relaxing. I guess it's all about how you treat that experience as mm -hmm. much as, you know, the experience that was designed. I'm sure they would love to hear that you found that game uh, nice as well. Yeah. I mean, I think I when I played it, I must have been looking for something else, mm. looking for a more sort of compelling experience because I dropped out maybe 40 minutes in. I, I found it, you know, incredibly, inordinately pretty game that just didn't compel me to continue. But I yeah. think as a game to sort of you know, slow your heartbeat down just to chill out with some fish. You know? I mean... What's better? Who doesn't want to chill What's out with some fish? Actually, I did play... I was playing... Uh, this isn't one of my games. I was playing a game that's been renamed on iPad, which is just a clicker game, which was a fish aquarium collecting hmm. game. And I guess that was kind of gentle and pleasant. You know, fish are, aren't they? That's fish. why you get so many fish in sort of doctor's waiting rooms, yeah. dentist waiting rooms. Um, and one of the nicest things about this game was the like surprise moments of you just be like, you just be swimming along and then suddenly, whoo, this beautiful fish just comes up next to you or you see a whale in the distance mm. or something like that. And then you go and you find out what it is and there's, yeah, just a really, really beautiful and a very nice, pleasant, surprising experience. Nice experience made by its scenery. Yeah. Okay, cool. Number two of oh. a list, but it's not in any order. Wait, are we doing all of mine or are we going backwards and forwards? We're doing all of yours. Oh, okay, great. Mm, interesting. Uh, right. So this is one that I didn't actually write down on my list, but I thought of it on the way here. Uh, Nikoatsumi. 
You see, I didn't put that in my list because I was so certain yeah. that you were going to. And I didn't until I got my phone out to... I, I was checking the, and, and I was like, oh, of course, of course. Right. A cat collecting game. Absolutely brilliant. Um, it's, again, very peaceful. There's And the game element of it is you put out some food and then some cats turn up. Only good things happen to yeah. you in that game, right? There's nothing, yeah. I mean, Tubbs eats all the food. But who doesn't love you, you a little Tubbs? Get, you can't get you angry can't get at him. You can't get mad at him. Because Tubbs loves it. Tubbs sit there, sits there and he's just like, do you know what, thanks, yeah. That was brilliant. Even the bad stuff that happens to you. Uh, if, if the bad stuff that happens to you in a game is good, yeah. then it's hard to... I was playing Mario Kart earlier. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you... Have you played Mario no, Kart? Yeah. yeah, but there's there's a Cooper in Mario Kart called Roy. He's yeah. one of Bowser's children. Uh, and he's, he's the best. I mean, Roy is the best. Uh, he's got big, cool sunglasses. And he's got a bit of an attitude. And the other day I was playing Mario Kart and was racing around and it looked like I was going to win, but I went a bit wide at the final corner and Roy overtook me on the line and I was I was furious, but I couldn't be mad because he was adorable. Yeah. And then I watched the replay of him doing it and he just came through and as he as he came past me, he was punching the air going, whoa! <laughs> and my little my little Cooper just looked to his side just with a sort of resignation of, yep, there oh. goes Roy. I can't be mad. This happens to me all the time. Roy was so delighted. I was happy for him. If the bad thing that happens to you in a video game is, you know, is fun in some way, yeah. then it's nice. Um, I also uh, had a recent um, nice thing that happened with uh, Niko Atsumi. Um, so for my birthday, uh, Simon's wife, Kate, got me a little um, conductor whiskers toy. Nice. Uh, which is excellent. Obviously, I gave it to my cat because I don't play with toys so much, but he does. Ah. Um, and uh, the other day, he uh, what was it yesterday? Because I was messaging you. He um, he fell asleep cuddling conductor whiskers <sighs> with the PlayStation remote right next to him. Oh. It's a really good picture. I'm going to put it on the internet. You definitely should. Yeah, I definitely should. All right, game three. Um, all right, Firewatch. Firewatch. Nice game. Wandering around. I know that there's like... Um, narratively you know there's tension there stuff's mm-hmm. going on but also you get to go for some nice walks you also don't have to progress the narrative if you don't want <laughs> to no it's absolutely gorgeous some really really nice sunsets and if you aren't somewhere so i live in uh, on an estate where i can't really see the horizon <laughs> can't so, really see any natural light so i don't really get a lot of sunsets unless i go outside i can't see it i don't look out onto the sea and, or out onto some beautiful natural landscape i've got a very nice tree outside my window okay um but yeah it's really really lovely to just walk around just grab a nice sunset. Just have a little look over there. And that's the um, the game that you can take pictures of those beautiful settings in. Got ours developed. Did you? Yeah. Okay, They're what have really you done with nice. them? Uh, one of them is, um, one of the really pretty ones is just leaning up against the wall somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Good. I hope and it doesn't fall over. The rest of them are, so- are somewhere, somewhere else. else. <laughs> All right, game four. Uh, 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 uh. I've done that one. I've done that one. Oh, is it? No, it's only game three. No, it's game four. You've done is Niko it? Atsumi, what? you've done Absu, you've done Firewatch. That's one, two, three, and then the next number is four. Oh, I've got a maths it, degree. Okay? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, all right, so I'm going to go... This isn't nice in your normal way. That's okay. Recontextualise nice. Make nice your own. I have such nice time when I play this. Um, space Team. Right, okay. It's a nice game because you're going to fail, mm-hmm. um, but it's all about interacting with other people. Um, and it's about shouting at them, but in a fun way. And you like if you're with, if you're playing with people who you don't have to get super stressed with, who are just mm-hmm. taking this as a super fun thing, um, you can have a really really nice time. And I uh, particularly uh, would play this with a friend at work. Like we got on pretty well mm-hmm. after playing this. We were good friends. He's coming to my wedding now. <gasps> Not even kidding. Nice game. Nice. So that's a good way of like taking failure out of the equation yeah. by making it inevitable. Yeah. Therefore, removing anything for you to stress about. And yeah. it becomes about the journey, not the results. Yeah. Right? And you can have a nice time. Had a nice time with that right. game. Game five. Game five. Uh, and this is one from uh, PS3. Ooh. Rain. Right. Okay. I think about this game quite a lot. Whenever it rains. 
No. Okay. <laughs> no, just I, I do think about it a fair amount because I, um, I really loved the pacing of it. I loved the mechanic of the rain being there. It was like a really nice sound to just have on in the background whilst you're stomping around. And of course, you know, there's there's some like monsters that you have to avoid and you it's a bit, you know, there are some things that you are chasing in the game and there's some sadness in the game as well. But I just really, it was it was very peaceful like quite um a balanced experience there were there weren't too many spikes of like oh i need to run i need to do this it was um yeah you couldn't go anywhere too fast and rain is lovely it's just very nice mm, i've just thought of a game that i might have to add to my my list all right good uh thank you Anne. i think we should do the letters yeah. right now and then after that play a piece of music and then We'll Onto be back with nice. my, my list of five nice games. Thank you very, very much for all of your letters over the last couple of weeks. We've had a couple in today, which I'm just trying to find in my phone book right now. Shall I go for the first one? You should do it. All right. Dear Reduce Team and SSG, good thing you tweeted as it's a bank holiday in Germany. I didn't think about emailing today. I spent the day at a barbecue and then made my first ever app that makes a cat meow when you press a button with a picture of a cat on it. Could it be the first of many great things? Well, that sounds like something we would find very nice so yes um <laughs> i just finished listening to a double dose of your shows at nordic game jam and i found it really interesting and inspiring listening to people talking about making games under those constraints the thing is most of the people you spoke to were very experienced at making games by the sound fit are there also developers attending who are more towards the beginning end of the spectrum and does their approach differ in any way to the more experienced jammers i'm asking as someone who, uh, who is most definitely a beginner but who would definitely be interested in going to a jam at some point in in the future and trying to make myself useful thanks and keep up the good work chris stewart in my experience you should not let your lack of experience stop you from attending a jam mm-hmm. everyone is super helpful and generally pretty sociable that's why they're doing this rather than developing a video game in their room and everyone is happy to help you and to use your skills in whatever that means right whatever skill you can offer now maybe that is just literally sitting over someone's shoulder and learning this time around but it's probably not you can probably draw something or you know write some text for the game help design something or you know make some music or something there's so many things involved in making a game it's unlikely that uh, you won't find a way of making yourself be useful in fact even just someone to help people stay on track be a producer yeah. is so 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 useful for a, a, a game jam so uh, so yeah definitely definitely turn up I, I know that there were people who we talked to at the game jam who would not consider them game develop- themselves game developers they were just here to help out so mm. yeah definitely definitely turn up Yep. 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 Do it. Do it. What's D said? Uh, Hi, team. Hi, SSG, writes Ian. My favourite nice game right now, my favourite game right now, is Slow Drive. It's about a sloth driving home and it's lovely. Scratches all my time-trialling vehicle-based platforming itches, but without any of trials, habits of making mistakes look horribly painful, and the sloth is so cute. So, since we do questions on these emails and not just saying thank you to Steve for pointing out to me in a tweet a while back, what other games could be made better by starring a sloth? All of them, obviously, but which ones would it help the most? Thanks again, Ian. Interesting. Games that would be made better by starring a sloth. So, uh, just taking our theme of nice games, slowing things down a little bit. Um, mm. So, you've got like racing games and super fast games where you have to go really fast somewhere but if you've got a sloth to the side maybe make sure you slow down just appreciate the scenery around you like just take it down a notch guys Rainbow Six with sloths I would love (laughs) so you know Rainbow Six I really enjoy you know the idea of that sort of tactical FPS but it's much too fast but if it was an adorable (laughs) team of sloths sloths, slowly yeah helping people out that would be so good um, yeah, thanks, Ian. Okay, Thank good. you. Uh, dear team, and maybe, just maybe, SSG. No. Uh, due to the vagaries of RSS feeds and Inception-like hard drive backups, I've somehow managed to collect a lot of OLL recordings. The oldest going back all the way to the 24th of April, 2006. Wow. Which Steve declares the fourth show, but we'd like to think of it as our first show proper. <laughs> 
Good. Good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> uh, and we're still doing that now. Yeah. I mean, it's our 312th show, but in many consider ways, it our second our, or third. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember how I got hold of this, but it's in a folder called Unavailable, which is clearly untrue, but does add an element of intrigue to the collection. Many times over the last 14 seasons, I've heard tell of the fabled first episode, the one that made Anne cry. <laughs> and I would love to find a copy along with the other two missing episodes, just so I can listen to them once and file away under Unavailable and possibly cross-reference to literally unlistenable. What will it take for these rarities to see the light of day? Interesting. Do you have a copy, Anne? Who's this from? No, uh, this is from Chris Conroy. Okay, do you have one? I don't have one. I've got no idea what I have. I have no archive. Do you know who I think has them? Who? Who I would... I think Derek. Derek. Derek Williams, free yeah. market economist. I bet he's got all of and them. And do you know what? With his market stall, he'll sell you them for he a price. Do. So, Chris, that's who you need to talk to. Uh, get in touch with uh, with Derek. All right, uh, one final letter. Hello, team. Hello, super special guest. Not present today. Today, the Edinburgh comic artist Edward Ross has announced he's working on a graphical history of games from the dawn of humankind to the present K. Uh, it's called Gameish, and it's the follow-up to his excellent film theory comic, Filmish. I'm really excited by this. He's excellent at taking academic intellectual concepts and making them seem not just approachable and interesting, but obvious. Who would you like to see tell the history of games? Pip Pip Robert. Who would you like to see tell the history of games? Ooh. Mmm. Ooh. Well, do they have to know all of this stuff, or can they just be taught? Is it just... Is, is it, it just about their voices? Yeah. I don't know if it's their voices. I would pick the uh, four four West Indian fast bowlers of the, oh. <laughs> of the 80s, the four horsemen, who uh, have beautiful, rich voices. Uh, if it was an actual human, I'd pick a sloth. <laughs> <laughs> just a nice, slow retelling of gaming's yeah. history that you could, re- you know, relax to in that sort of ambient way don't sloths have really long fingernails or claws they do claws as animals claws. call them claws fingernails <laughs> they do they're, cre- they're kind of creepy paws very hooks very hooked uh, hands that's the end of the letters section if you've got any letters you would like to send to us how do people do that Anne? Uh, email team at onelifeleft.com and also sometimes we don't always answer all the questions that you ask to us so if you've got any answers team at onelifeleft.com <laughs> Listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We were just, you know, doing a little bit of admin. 
Yeah. Wedding admin. Wedding admin. Wedding admin. Good. Uh, I've got to do a DJ set at uh, Anne's wedding. So if you've got any suggestions for songs that I should play at Anne's wedding, please email. Team at onelifeleft.com. We don't have wedding at onelifeleft.com no, yet. Yet. <laughs> should, but we will. We will do we will. one day. Um, this is uh, Soul C12. It's The Crunch. Again, it's from chipmusic.org. I thought it was excellent. This piece We've never married I, mean, I think it's all wedding. excellent. We haven't. You said that we weren't allowed to marry no, a wedding. Well, no, because I don't want to run the Mario. I'll feel like... You brought it up. No, no, no. I'm saying... What I'm saying is for my own wedding, okay. I don't want to feel like I'm working my wedding, okay. right? Uh but you know, if anyone else loves Marioki and is getting married, we've, our rates are very reasonable. We'll do you. We'll do you a first wedding discount. We will. There we go. Heavily Oof. discounted. All right, nice games. Do you have any games to review this week? Well, I do, but I can save them. We're doing a lot of game chat. No, I mean it's good to do a lot of game chat because we are a video game radio show. Right, got this it. Is, <laughs> this is One Life Left on Resonance One Hundred Four Point Four FM with me, Steve Curran, and that and oh, Scantlebridge. <laughs> Got a bit aggressive there. <laughs> uh, and we're doing a show. Nice. We're doing a show about nice things. A show about nice games. And I've written down five, five nice Have games. You? Five, five nice games here. Are you going to include your, your new times? one? Well, I might drop one out at some point because I might work out a way of mentioning one of the others in context okay. of something. Just else. be careful because it might confuse your counting. No, I'm good. I've got a degree in it. It's fine. Okay. All right. So the first nice game yep. that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. It's pretty uh, pretty obvious if you know anything about how I got into or got back into video games. Uh, it's a very very important video game for me. Yeah. But I also think it's genuinely one of the nicest games. Uh, it's Parappa the Rapper. Okay. Have you played Parappa the Rapper? No, I never have. But isn't it out on? On PS4. PS4. Is it? Yeah. You should get it. I'm gonna get it. You should. You should absolutely get it because um, I think it's. I think it's an impossible game to dislike if you're a good person. And I found that's a good corollary to add onto anything that you say, because then if someone disagrees with you, you've already got your insult in. You just go, yeah, it makes sense that you don't like it. Um, It's a very, very, very gentle, simple, short rhythm action game. Um, At the time, you know... It was it was very very odd to see things like this uh, on console, and it's thirty quid as well when it came out. And these days, you would expect something like that to come out for I don't know if it was priced four ninety nine more than that seven ninety nine. I would say twelve ninety nine. It would be released at fifteen fifteen quid, oh. fourteen ninety nine. Uh, but that we would get discounted quite quickly as well. I imagine end up at about a tenner. Uh, the reason all of that's relevant is that they've recently, uh, or rather Masai Matsura and um, the people behind Guitaru Man, which is another game that I think is super, super nice, makes me feel all kinds of warm, pleasant feelings, recently got together to do a Kickstarter for a, uh, a game they're currently calling Project Rap Rabbit. It's really, really exciting, but the Kickstarter is uh, looks like it's almost certainly going to fail, uh, which is super, super sad. Uh, I think there are lots and lots of reasons for that. Uh, but one of the reasons is that pricing has moved on uh, and their tiers, you know, set this game that they're going to release at, at 30 quid. And I think that's asking quite a lot for a game, you know, in this climate. I would certainly pay that for it. Uh, and I think it's worth it because you can't put a price on a game that makes you that happy. But these days, uh, other people are not ready to pay that amount of money for it. Anyway... Back to nice things. Perhaps the rapper, super short, six levels, I mm-hmm. think. Each of them, a uh, super cute song backed with beautiful, beautiful, beautiful uh, visual design by Rodney Greenblatt and just so much fun. Um, I have such strong memories of playing this at university and it genuinely changed my life. Uh, but that's not why I'm saying it's nice. I'm saying it's nice because it's impossible to play that game and not end up with a smile on your face. Unless, of course, you are a terrible person. Number two. Number two. Uh, I have written down Loco Roco. Oh, Remember Loco Roco? Yeah, you guys used to play that a lot. So much. And I think it's another game filled with so much joy from the start. Partially, you know, not largely, but a lot of it, that joy is to do with the soundtrack, which mm-hmm. is just just so fun and so full of enthusiasm again very very difficult game to dislike um i don't know what's happened to the loco roco franchise it seems ripe for bringing back uh, right now i would imagine it would wasn't that coming out at the same time as parappa the rapper i don't know no patapon was, oh, was it? i think 
Loco Roco. I don't know why it doesn't exist on all mobile formats. It should. Maybe it does. I've not heard of it, at least. Uh, but it was such a nice, fluid game to play. So pleasant. Occasionally, a little bit frustrating. But all of the mini games, at least on PS Vita, were just super pleasant to play. I really, really enjoyed it. I guess you see echoes of that in um, you know the beautiful, adorable character design. You see some echoes in things like Nico Atsumi, but also in Slime Rancher and in games like Pikmin. Of course, I'm sure we'll see a Pikmin um, within the next couple of years on on Switch. A new Pikmin. Uh, Loco Roca will always have a place in my heart, though, and a place on the PlayStation Store. Does it exist yeah. right now? Okay. You can get it for fourteen ninety nine. On PS4? Yeah. I'm in. Okay, uh, third, number three, Jet Set Radio. Or Jet Grind Radio on the Xbox, and actually probably I mean Jet Grind Radio because that was Jet Set Radio but without the frustration. Uh, Jet Grind Radio, although it didn't have quite the sunny palette of Jet Set Radio, uh, much less time-pressured, more of an exploratory game, and it was just so fun and beautiful. But really, I've placed it on there as a proxy for just Sega games in general, specifically Sega games around the Dreamcast era, because there was a lot of craziness on there through things like Crazy Taxi, but generally blue skies and beauty and happiness. And I think it's why the Dreamcast will always remain my favourite console. Uh, I wonder if that would have been the case if it hadn't been so short-lived, because I think because it was short-lived, it got a lot of a high concentration of just brilliant first-party titles. And each of those first-party titles had this atmosphere of just joy, happiness, and niceness. Crazy Taxi is a frantic game, but it's also a super, super nice game, partially because of the thing that you were talking about earlier about uh, removing failure Mm. from the game. Crazy Taxi, you are doomed to fail. And so it's just a stupid, joyful ride around the city. When you have stupid crashes, it's, you know, if you find it horribly frustrating, you're probably playing it in the wrong way, I think. Maybe you're a bad person. Maybe, 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 maybe. All right, game four. Game four, um, Animal Crossing. Oh, yeah. Again, from that early 2000s era, uh, but predated by Harvest Moon. And now the equivalent, I guess, is Stardew Valley. These gentle, task-based games where you are in an idyllic surround uh, farm, generally, um, looking after uh, crops, growing trees in Animal Crossing or flowers, uh, engaging with your villagers uh, in generally a slightly inconsequential way, but a way that makes you feel grounded in that kind of small village society and also just happy to be there. Animal Crossing is so, so relaxing, such a pleasant thing to play. And also predates the sort of mobile era of having games that are just there to be played for 10 minutes or 15 minutes every day, kind of like Pokemon Go, or kind of like Niko Atsumi, where you just check in, you play a little bit of that game. It's not intended to be a game that you play for, uh, you know, six hours, like most video games are, you know, hours and hours and hours, just sit there, waste time. Animal Crossing fits with your life and genuinely, genuinely enhances it as well. It's a pleasant place to be. And that brings me... Two. Game five. Yeah. Game five, Super Mario Sunshine. Huh. And again, from the early 2000s. Um, Super Mario Sunshine was much maligned when it came out, I think because it wasn't quite the game that Super Mario 64, its predecessor, had been. And again, it's not quite as good a game as Super Mario Galaxy, which is an exceptional video game, probably the best uh, Mario ever. But Mario Sunshine's setting... Uh, was so, so, so gentle and beautiful and sunny. Suns are nice. They're very nice. You talked about sunsets. Yeah. Talked about Firewatch, seeing the sun. They are pretty. All of uh, Super Mario Sunshine felt like it was set in Jamaica. It felt like it was set in a chilled out place where you just hung out, tried to save the world's problems. Lovely beaches. And in that sense, it reminds me these days of Zelda. I do not think Zelda is the greatest game of all time. I saw um, an article on The Guardian this week which said, is Zelda the greatest game design of all time? And I thought that was absolutely nonsense. Uh, it's, it's not. It's one of the greatest pieces of production of all time. Most of the elements of Zelda have been seen before. Um, and that's fine. You know, It's such a 
beautiful, beautiful work. Uh, but it's the impressive thing, the really impressive thing about Zelda is how solid it is, how it hangs together, how all of these elements have been integrated seamlessly into an open world, um, and how well the team have made the transition from Zelda's, you know, slightly more constrained style into this into this grand open world environment. But the game design is just it's pretty sort of consistently good across across the piece. I think the narrative is terrible, um, and. That is one reason why Zelda isn't my favourite video game ever. But it has such a beautiful, nice world. Zelda is a nice place to be. Sorry, Hyrule is a nice place to be. It'd be nicer if you weren't getting constantly interrupted by three guys who wanted to stab you. You can run away from them, fine. Uh, But like Super Mario Sunshine, not the greatest game of all time, but one of the nicest places to be. The end. Those are my five. Very good. I didn't replace anything at the end. I was oh, going to mention. I was going to mention. Um, I forgot what the name of it is. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, okay, I'll come back to that. I'm going to play the review scene so you can talk about a game while I remember. Oh, okay. Okay, here we go. Now. I played a game, but I can't remember the name of the game. <laughs> This is One Life Left. We're a radio show about video games, but we're quite forgetful. What is it called? Laser Disco Game. Hang on. Laser Laser Disco Defenders. Okay. Um, and it was one of the PlayStation Plus games. Uh, I got in before the new ones came out. Right. And um, <clears throat> so lasers and people uh, dressed up in disco outfits from the seventies. And I didn't really understand what it was going to be about, so I thought I'd just play it. And I didn't really enjoy it very much because it was lasers and people dressed up and trying to defend music that I didn't really mind about too much. Okay. Um, So, you are a team of uh, people. There was like a very elaborate narrative at the beginning. Whatever, I didn't really care for that. Um, And I'm sure if you progressed a lot further than I did, that would come into play a lot more. Basically, you go into these caves and you're floating around with like your uh, space boots, like boosting you up. So you're trying to like keep off the... Oh. That wasn't me. (laughs) I mean, I didn't think it was going that badly. No, I mean... No, it wasn't me. It was the CD. (laughs) I mean, do continue. I'm going to continue. Anyway, so you're uh, floating through these um, caves and you're you're sort of like moving yourself around um, and there are obstacles and objects and lasers that are going to try and get you. uh, So you have to (laughs) shoot them with your own lasers. Uh, but these lasers never go away. They just uh, reflect around and around the cave. So the more you shoot, the more likely you're, you're going to get shot by yourself. Um, and yeah, that was totally fine. And I played it for a bit and then I stopped playing it. Okay, good. Seven out of ten. Seven out of ten is a nice score, yeah, isn't it? nice. Okay. Well done. Uh, Soccer Bond was the game that I was going to talk about. Soccer Bond is a, a super, super simple uh, Soccer Bond based puzzle game where you're making chemical elements and it is so beautifully designed that is very 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 good game design and uh it's simple and it's just a nice thing to occupy my time i play it all the time so good nice how do you think our nice show has gone oh it's very good you know i'm gonna go home nice and relaxed this evening Mm. um yeah i think that it has been a nice uh antidote to some of the not so nice feelings Mm. around at the minute um yes yeah, it's been a difficult uh a difficult week for everyone uh everyone everyone for everyone, everyone. it always is yeah it always is uh but hopefully we've spread a little niceness yeah and That's actually we can do. it's nice having nice games maybe make some nice games 320 episodes in or, or two depending on how yeah, you're looking, how you at, looking it. at it it's all we can do thank you so much for listening to one yeah. life left uh, this week uh, we are on Resonance 104.4 FM the greatest radio station in the world in the greatest city in the world and we will see you very very soon until then goodbye, see you, bye. goodbye.